Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. This is not just teaching. I'm believing that God is going to do what he's done every time I've taught this. Matter of fact, in the first service, we had uh, 21 people who were healed during the sermon without any prayer, just by the word of God, and, and they're standing up. Now, there were more that stood up. Not all of them got healed, and some of them, they got to maybe get a test for They'll know. But anyway, uh, the Lord told me the first time I spoke on this subject, very first time, right before I'm getting ready to preach, tell the people that as you teach my word, I will heal them. That there will be an anointing, a presence, a power, an energy, a heat. Or maybe, it's, maybe you feel just start weeping. It's just whatever it is, you know, God's touching me. If that happens, you're to stand up as an act of obedience and an act of faith. And then I'm supposed to bless you because the Lord said, and when they stand up, you say, I bless you in the name of Jesus. And then they can be seated at the end of the service. Just have them stand up and see who was healed. And, and I, I've, we had more time. We should, I should have prayed for others, but you know, and, um, so I want you to know that this is what is we're going to do this service too. You say, well, that sounds mechanical. No, I feel like the Lord led me to say what you're supposed to preach on this today. And uh, I, I probably haven't preached on this, done this, but once this whole last year. So, uh, all right, will you, will you work with me? I'm going to try and hear God. I want you to try to hear God. I'm going to do the best I can. I want you to do the best that you can. And that there, we're not concerned about what anybody else thinks. We just want to receive what God has for us because I believe he's spoken. I'm going to heal people in this service. And we will ha- hopefully have a time for, for prayer, for healing as well. But a lot of people are going to get healed just by the word. So we want to pick up now in a, a third uh, passage of scripture and also a third concept. And that is that Every one of us who are Christians, we are commissioned to pray for healing. It is part of discipleship. Sometimes we think discipleship is basically learning biblical principles and more of the, of the word. So there's, you know, but you can be a theologian with a PhD and not be a good disciple if you're not acting on the word. You just have knowledge of it, but it's another thing to put it into practice. It's another thing to step out. It's another thing to follow God. One of my, my favorite professor, my mentor in my doctoral program said, faith in the Bible is rooted in hearing God. It's rooted in receiving an understanding, a leading from Holy Spirit of what he wants to do. So faith is rooted in hearing, but faith is more than hearing. You may hear, but it's not biblical faith that is talked about in uh, Hebrews 11. Until you hear, you believe that what you're hearing is God, and then you act on it. But it's still not the complete understanding of the fullness of faith. Because when we do that, almost always there is resistance from the enemy. He doesn't relinquish his ground that easily. There's war. 
there's pushback. And even in, in Hebrews 11, you, you see many of those stories, there was, they acted in faith and then they had to, to, to persevere. So faith is rooted in hearing God, obeying God, believing it's God, obeying God, and then persevering in the middle of the battle to get to the other side. It's kind of like the disciples. Jesus said, get in a boat and go to the other side. And then they're, they're, obe- they're obedient and they're rowing. But the storm came against them and they're stuck. They're not getting anywhere. And then Jesus showed up and stilled the storm and got them to the other side. But we don't see the miracles if we never put ourselves in a place where miracles needed. How many of you would like for the power of God to flow through you in a greater measure and you see people get healed, you get words of knowledge for people, you get prophetic words for people, and they literally sometimes just begin to cry as you shared something they know no, there's no way you could know that. I believe God wants to do that through his church, not just in Mozambique or Pakistan or Afghanistan or uh, you know, Brazil, but in the United States. So let's, let's, let's look at this passage of Scripture. In um, Luke uh, chapter 4 and verse 18. Okay. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me, this is Jesus, to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to release the oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That was his marching orders. That's the marching orders of the church. We come under that same because we're little Christ. We're the body of Christ. The, the, what, what, what he was to do didn't change. It's still our marching agenda. It's still part of what it means to be Christian. It's more than being a good citizen. It's more than being more moral than somebody else. It's, it, we, we should be more moral than others, but it's also stepping out in faith and seeing the oppressed set free, people get healed, and we're all to do it. And you say, well, I don't think I'm supposed to do that. I think that's just for the apostles. Um, or that was just for Jesus. Well, I want to show you why I believe that we're all supposed to do this. So if we turn to uh, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 8, and verse, we'll start in verse 1. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Now, verse 7. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Now, you say, well, that is the 12. I, I grant that. Authority's given, cast out demons, heal all types of sickness and disease. In Luke chapter 9, you have the same commissioning of the 12. And they kind of mess up. You know, they go out to Samaria. They don't like the Samaritan's response. And they want to call down fire. They want permission from Jesus. Give us permission. We'll call down fire and burn them up. And, you know, it's, it's, we would want to take them through two more years of training after a response like that. 
But Jesus said, oh, this is working well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to appoint 70 or 72 more. Very similar commission. And they're not, they're not the 12 apostles. They're disciples of Jesus. They get the same commission in Luke chapter 10. And these two passages, and Luke Mark 6 is a, a, another, and these are passages of the commissioning of disciples, 12 and the 70. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And then when we look at Matthew chapter 28, um, in the Great Commission, we know this is for all of us. So the Great Commission must be understood through the commissioning that I just read to you from Matthew, and I didn't read from Mark 6, and also from Luke. That's the paradigm of understanding what he was talking about in the Great Commission. So let's read the Great Commission. I know you've heard it a lot, but in verse 18, chapter 28, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Spirit. A lot of people want to put a period there, just a comma. That's just the beginning of discipleship. Discipleship is more than being baptized, accepting Jesus. That's where we start. And he would tell them, remain in Luke, remain in Jerusalem until you're endued with power. In Acts 1.8, he talks about you're going to receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Not you ought to be, but you will be. You can't help it. But when we look at this second part of the Great Commission, it says in verse 20, and teaching them. Now, who's the them? Is it the other? I bless you in Jesus' name. Is it the other disciples? Uh-uh. No. It's the new disciples. It's the people that they are going to lead to Jesus, that they have baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The church is still to teach. The leadership of the church is to teach these new believers to do all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So in this teaching them, in the name of uh, teaching them to obey everything, one translation says teaching them to do everything. So we're told not only how to have the fruit of the Spirit, but we're also to have gifts of the Spirit working in our lives, both of the Holy Spirit, and we're to allow God to work through us because God is in us. When we were born again, I mentioned this in the last session, when we were born again, God added to us and to our nature the Holy Spirit. When Jesus left heaven as the eternal only begotten son of God and came to earth. He added to his deity, our humanity, except without sin so that he could die for us, be the sacrifice, show us what it's like, what, what people can do with God working through them so that now we need to realize Something really did happen. It's more than the great exchange of he took my sins and I get his righteousness. That's true, and thank God for it. That's why we can, I bless you in Jesus' name. That's why we can boldly approach the throne of grace in our time of need, because 
of this great exchange. And he reckons us as righteous, but he want to make us what he reckons us. He wants us to literally become these people who represent his kingdom. Repent means to change the way you think. When we were born again, I, 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 this is something that's been on my mind for two weeks, very strong. Most Christians don't have any idea of what it really means, what God did to them, and the potential, the potential that we have if we, if we purpose in our heart. We want to walk close. We want to listen intently. We want to be used. We want to bring him glory because we love him, because he first loved us. We want to be involved in his commission, to follow up to what he said as the church. And by the way, I am so excited about you guys. Now, Dwayne, I'm going to be talking about this church for the next year at least, everywhere I go, and just talking about what God is doing with you guys. It is amazing, and I, I so respect and honor what God is doing in you, because I know it is God. You could not do this. It is God, but you're the vessel he's getting to use, and, and what's happening corporately, if I was a member here, oh, God, I'm so encouraged. I want to participate in that. I, I want to be used more than I am. I want to hear you. I want to feel you. I want to not only feel good goosebumps, but I want to feel your passion. I want to feel your compassion that other people would be healed. Teaching them to obey everything, teaching them to do everything I have commanded you. When you look back to what he commanded, at the top of the list is heal the sick and cast out demons. And Liberate the oppressed. Set the captives free. You're doing that. And your hope houses. and So much of what you're doing is amazing. It pleases God. But every one of you, I believe, myself included, we do not yet understand what God in us can do. Being born again is not just being made reckoned right. It is really a change. It is really God himself, third person of the Trinity, Holy Spirit, coming into us. Holy Spirit has every gift. I bless you in the name of Jesus. There you are. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit has every gift. He's in you. Holy Spirit has the power to heal and deliver, and he's in you. And Paul said, we labor with all his energy that works so mightily within us. So when we look at this, this passage of scripture that I read, I want to go back to Matthew uh, 10 and, and, and just confess something that's, uh, I'm going to make a negative confession in a faith church. But I want you to know I've repented of it. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit took me to the woodshed and did a discipline because he loves me. He said, you're not really, you're illegitimate if God never disciplines you. It's a good thing. So anyway, I was preaching this, uh, uh, this whole sermon, which, by the way, it's available in a book called... Uh, uh, the biblical basis of healing, because I'm not going to 
be able to give just a small part of it. Anyway, I was preaching this in, in uh, Kentucky, and I was reading this, and I said, as you go preach this message, the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, I bless you in Jesus' name. He said, you don't like that verse, do you? Now, this was back in the late, um, later 90s. And it was one of the first times I'd preached this message. And, and I, I said, no, Lord, I don't like that verse. That verse is an embarrassment to me. That verse is an embarrassment to the church because Jesus is telling us to raise the dead. We're trying to get the sick healed. We are so far up, you know, away from that. And I remember it's kind of like, and when I would read this at one point, when I was still a Baptist and didn't know anything about healing, hardly, except I'd been healed, I'd read it this way. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy and drive out demons. And then after we saw our first uh, demonized people get free, I'd read it this way. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. And then we saw somebody get healed of a rare, he got in Vietnam, this rare skin disease, and no doctors were able to help him. And he got healed. And then I read it like this. As you go, preach this message. The, heal the, the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. And drive out demons. It's like, there is something about our level of faith is not just, it is, we want to believe the word, but the, our ability to believe the word is often impacted by our experience. And yet our faith brings us into more experience, but it's also sometimes just the grace of God. He sets you up and it's just him pulling you uh, into these things. And so I, I'm sitting there and said, Lord, I, I have a point to this right now. Lord, Why'd you put the dead in there? Why'd you put, could, Lord, do you know how embarrassing that is to the church? I bless you in the name of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit right then said something to me that shocked me. Because um, I was, my early, I was uh, in my early 40s then, and uh, the Holy Spirit said, because I'd... I'd you know, went to college and seminary and had a master of divinity and hadn't done the doctorate yet, but the Holy Spirit, but I was exposed to lots of teachings. It's really teachings that makes you have less faith. Oh, this is not really, didn't really happen that way. This, that doesn't happen anymore. Those types of teachings. And some of my critics would, and the critics, not just to me, but critics of Pentecostals and charismatics. And he said, you guys are experience-based. You need to just believe the word. Problem is, I think I believe the word more than they do. Because I believe we're to believe it and do it. And for them, it's more like history. And so they would say, just preach the word. Believe the word. Don't. Put faith in your experience. So the Lord spoke to me that day when I was complaining about why you got this dead raisin in here. Could we not have left that out? And he said, don't you dare lower my word to the level of your experience. 
and you can only believe what you have experienced or seen. You see, that argument works the other way too. If you have no experience of the supernatural power of God, it's likely you may not have much faith in it. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just pray you just release more of your presence here. More anointing fall on people for healing. Let them sense your presence on them. Anyway, and so the Lord says, don't lower my word to the level of your experience. Then he said, preach it and let your your experience rise to my word. But don't lower the word to the level of your experience. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I never seen the dead raised, but I'd been with Omar Cabrera and he had raised, God had, through him had raised his son. I'd heard him tell about another pastor's wife that was with him and the pastor and his wife, and they had an accident, careened off a hill, I'm not a hill, mountain, landed in a lake, car sinks, he's, he's able to get his wife out, he goes in and the other guy gets out, and, and, but the the, the, the wife of the pastor with him drowned. And they're, they're take, trying to get, you know, to, the, to a hospital and because they, you know, they hope maybe they can resuscitate or whatever. But they just began to pray and, that, and she's raised from the dead. So I knew two stories total of today, people being raised from the dead at this, at this time. But I told both of those stories in that service. Because he said, you're never going to see it if you don't preach it. You say, I don't. Here's here's what I know. The people that pray for the dead to be raised and they've not seen it yet. It's probably going to be people who actually pray. It's going to be and not probably people who will step out in faith and go for it. And there will be times that you will not see the dead get raised. Now, the dead are being raised all over the world. In the name of Jesus. And so I preached it, even though I'd never seen it. It wasn't my experience. I preached it. And a few weeks later, I found out later, uh, you know, like a half a year later. So I bless you in Jesus name. That one of the guitar, the electric guitar player on the worship team that day was from another church. He heard that teaching. And within uh, a few weeks, uh, he's walking through the living room and he looks out the picture window of his house and he sees a lot of people out in, the, in his yard and he runs out he, and he was an EMT, you know, emergency medical technician. He ran in an ambulance. He was trained to know what dead looks like. And it's his own boy. I think he was five years old. He's on a tricycle and he got hit by a car and he, he runs out there. This is his son. Every sign of death is in him. And he, he, he said, I would not have done it had you not preached on raising the dead. I remembered what you said, and I remembered that they, uh, they would often call their spirit back in their body. So I just began to call his spirit back into his body. And, he, and the, 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 the faith to do that was rooted in preaching the word. But what if he hadn't have? I believe his son would be dead today. But he believed, and he called, and he's praying, calling his son's spirit back in his body, 
And after several minutes, he hears this breath come into him. He goes, <gasps> he's back to life. Well, they took him. Uh, he had to have a cast from here to here and a bar between here. And there's really, really lots of broken bones and stuff. And they took him to the doctor uh, some weeks later just to see if the bones are beginning to heal correctly. And his wife had asked him, can you cut this down uh, uh, like an inch, at least an inch? It's really uh, uh, bothering I bless you in Jesus' name. Bless you in Jesus' name. And, and I bless you in Jesus' name. And I bless you in Jesus' name. So um, the doctor said, no, we can't begin to cut that down. His bones are broke so bad. All we're doing today is seeing if they are beginning to mend. He goes off. The doctor does. He's the, the father and mother's and all room, the waiting room. He doctor comes back out sometimes later. And he said, I don't know how to explain this. I can't explain this, but we're cutting that cast totally off of him. His bones are already healed. See, my theory is resurrection power is really good for your health. Most, I mean, everyone I know when people are raised from the dead, whatever killed them is healed too. Today, literally, there are so many stories around the world of people being raised. And I used to say, I know the stories, but I've never seen it happen. And then one time I was in Brazil, and this little girl, she's got braces on, and I have a train engineer guy and a retired uh, sea captain, and they're in, on my team, and, and we're in this city in Brazil in the south. And this little girl, she's got these braces. And they feel like God spoke to them, asked the mother for permission to take the braces off, and, and, and uh, she'll be healed. So they told her that and said, well, she'll fall down. She can't stand up without those braces. She's, you know, she's been this way since she was born. And um, um, they said, but, but we really feel like God's told us that we should do this. And so the mother said, okay, you can, you can do it. They took the braces off, and when they did, power hit her legs, and she starts running across the platform, just instantly healed, and they took the braces off. Often, there's this act of faith. I bless you in Jesus' name. This act of faith. I bless you in Jesus' name. For, for example, the Lord said, if my presence begins to touch you, stand up. An act of faith is to do that, because he said that he would heal. Now... I found out later the mother came and said, you don't know this story. I said, well, I don't know you at all. I said, yes, you do. Six years ago, the first time you came to this church, I had a baby that was born. And this baby was on life support because it had died and they were going to harvest, you know, organs and things. And I took a picture of the baby and I, on my phone, and I brought it to you. I didn't tell you it was dead. Now, and I have to confess something. I think this baby was raised from the dead not because of me. I think this baby was raised from the dead because of the faith of the mother, personally. Because at that point in time, I have so many people to pray for in those meetings. There's, you know, my, with my team, we still, you know, several thousand people in the meetings. 
a lot of people to pray for. I'm thinking, we, we can't begin praying for everybody's relative they got a picture of. We'll never get done. So I didn't like praying for pictures. I, I actually didn't. I didn't tell them that. I just said, rather than trying to explain why I don't want to pray for pictures, I'll just, I bless them in Jesus' name, be healed. <laughs> As she said, when I went back to the hospital, the baby was alive, and that's her. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name. I I was sharing with someone today, uh, earlier in between the services, that I never had seen a stroke victim. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name. I'd never seen a stroke victim healed after 30 years of being a pastor, and I'd prayed for a lot of stroke victims. You know what? I found out that I really had no faith left with expectation. I bless you in Jesus' name. You know, a good synonym for me of faith is an expect, expectation. And it's not what I believe God can do, it's what I believe he's about to do. And, and so I, I realized that it happened to me. I bless you in Jesus' name. But then, Heidi Baker and had it, received this impartation. I, I prayed for in Toronto and had gone back and I told her that I bless you in Jesus' name, that she'd see the dead raised. That was one of the things. You blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, and the dead are going to be raised. And it had started happening, and I'd, I'd met people who had been raised from the dead, and I met the people who had prayed for them to be raised from the dead, several of them. And now I'm in Brazil, and this one night, after 30 years never seeing it happen, and one night we have a, mo- a man and a woman, both with stroke, and uh, both are paralyzed halfway, uh, a claw hand like this. They can't open it up. And this is night we're going to pray for people who are um, um, terminally ill, blind, deaf, or can't walk without an aid. And so I bless you in Jesus' name. This man is there over on the right. And back in the back, on the back seat, is a Catholic family in, 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 in South America, the Protestant Catholic um, is not nearly as good as it is here as far as relationship. I bless you in Jesus' name. But the family has brought their mother who had a stroke, and she can't talk. The stroke took her ability to speak away. All, I mean, she can think about what she wants to say. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you, and I bless you in Jesus' name. And I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name. She could think of what she wanted to say, but the words wouldn't come out. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name. And so my team is split up, and we're, we're, for an hour before the church starts, we're praying. I bless you in Jesus' name. We're praying for these really serious conditions. And they're in all through worship. So we have two hours we've been praying for different people. And I get up because it says, it's time for you to preach. So I'm up here ready. It's the last song. I'm going to preach. And the man out there who actually wasn't saved yet, his wife told me he's going to come. He's been a bad guy. And this is his first time he's ever come to church. And I bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And so I look out, and the man, no more claw hand. He's got his hands up like this. And he's weeping because he came into this meeting a really serious sinner. Bad husband. Bad father, 
and he's been humbled and this stroke has made him desperate and God forgives him, heals him and forgives him. I bless you in Jesus name. I bless you in Jesus name. And I look back in the back on the back row to the, to the Catholic lady and there she is hands up also weeping as she's singing in Portuguese now. She's got her ability. God healed her brain. And, and I just want to encourage you. Um, recently, I was in Brazil in the, in the last year. I bless you in Jesus' name. And there's this guy named Pastor Kleber, and he had a 2,000 average attendance church. And he said, we were, I bless you in Jesus' name, we were, I call ourselves, we were charismatic light. I bless you in Jesus' name. Now, what is charismatic light? He explained. What I mean by that is, we, we, I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you and you and you in Jesus' name. Charismatic light, what does it mean? It meant we have some people that speak in tongues every once in a while. But we don't have hardly any healings in our church. We have very little prophecy. We were kind of charismatic, you might say. And I saw you do impartation on YouTube. And I didn't know who you were. But as you began to pray, power came in my hands. And it went through my shoulders and came out like electrical power, like I was being electrocuted. And after that, a few weeks after that, um, this woman in my church had a stroke and she's paralyzed on half of her body. I pray for her over the phone. All of a sudden she says, ah, oh, ah, oh my, I, I, I feel pins and needles going to the, the side that was numb. I'm, something's happening. Pins and needles are going through my body. And then there's silence. And he said, after about a minute, her husband came on. I bless you in Jesus name. I bless you in Jesus name. Her husband came on the phone and said, weeping, she's healed. She's not paralyzed. She just got healed. Now, this is a guy who had never had a healing. And he has a stroke. His first healing is a stroke. Two or three weeks later, a man in the church has a stroke that blinds him. I bless you in Jesus' name blinds him in that eye that the stroke was on and causes him to be deaf in the ear that the side of the stroke was on, which affects the other side of the body, and then paralyzed on one half with a claw hand. And he said, he, he called me, and he came to the church, and the pastor, Pastor Claver, he within three, two or three weeks, said, I prayed for him, and God came, power came, heals him, and he gets totally restored. His eye, blind eye now sees, his deaf ear now hears, He's not paralyzed. This is what God wants to do with his church. He not only wants to heal you, he actually wants to use you for healing. I believe in multiplication. The main call in my life is not healing. The main call in my life is impartation. That's what God showed John Wimber. First time we met, first two times, and he heard God speak to him audibly. He said that he one day would send me around the world praying for pastors and leaders for the activation of gifts and, and for to be filled with the spirit afresh and released in the ministry, greater ministry. I bless both of you in Jesus' name. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you and you and you in the name of Jesus and you 
in the name of Jesus. And you in the name. And you. And you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So we are all commissioned. It's part of our job description. It's part of what God wants to do with us. Because there's a group of people that you have access to that you may be the only Bible they get to read. Paul wrote to his church and said, you are my living epistles. You carrying his presence. You, all of us, can be used for evangelism. All of us can be used for healing and prophecy. I bless you and you and you in the name of Jesus I'm done preaching if I've run out of time. And not only that, but because I just had a, I feel like God wants me to do something that I hadn't planned on. I just want to explain it real quick. I want to see, uh, in a moment, I'm going to ask all of you, well, I'll, I'll do it first. Everyone who stood up during the message, I want you to stand back up. Just everyone who stood up during the message, I want you to stand back up. Now, I know that some of you may have a condition. You can't prove you're healed because you need a test. I understand that. But there are others who can. And I want you to test your body out. I'm not asking if it's 100% complete yet because, you know, it's not been very long since you stood up. And Omar Cabrera, a famous healing evangelist in Argentina, taught me. I bless you in Jesus' name taught me ask for people who are at least 80% better because that's a huge amount of improvement and you'll see what God is doing not just what he has done that's why we do it it, it causes people and so I'm, I'm not asking you to, uh, to wave your hands like this because you know you were healed 2,000 years ago at the cross that's true but I'm asking if it manifested today and you're at least 80% better and I believe as you try to do something you couldn't do, like I said in that first service, I think I told you guys, the, the guy from the Vietnam veteran, the Holy Spirit, just his leg had been broken and had healed wrong. He had a big bow in it. It was shorter than the other one. He said it's like the Spirit picked his leg up like that, pushed it up against a something barrier. He said, I couldn't move it. I couldn't pull it away. I couldn't put it down. And I knew God was doing something. And then all of a sudden I felt like, and, 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 and he put it all back together. I'm so glad he stopped by the book signing so I could hear his story. There was 21 who received healing that had stood up. Check your body out, which means you need to move. You know, you need to do something. Yeah, just check things out. If you feel in your body that you've got more movement, more freedom, more um, less pain, 80% or more. I want you to give him the glory by waving both hands over your head like this. Thank you, God. Just keep waving. Now, I want, you know, look around. There's quite a few people. And I'd love to hear your stories, but we don't have time for that. But I want the people to see. See, this is your testimony. You're giving glory to God because 
God gets glory by what he does and then by our testimony of what he does, his name is glorified. And so that just gives glory to God when we, when we acknowledge what he's done in our bodies. Here's what I felt a while ago. It's a different sermon, but in John's gospel, there's seven signs, six of the seven signs of miracles. People did something as an act of faith because he said to before they were healed. Recently, or in January, I was at Redding, California at Bethel Church, and I, 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 taught, the, I, I taught through John's gospel on those things in, in one sermon. And before I got to, and I knew when I get to the end, I'm going to ask them to do something that they feel like God's telling them to do. Well, I'm not to the end of the sermon. I'm just like halfway through the sermon and they're already getting it. Holy Spirit's already speaking. And some people, they start coming down and, and, and you know, they're bending over or they're bending back. You know, they're doing, you can see them. They're actually, and, and, and not just things to test it out, but they're things they feel like God said, do this. And when they did, healing came. So one more time. Let me see. If you're 80% or more, I want to see how many that there are. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 6, 7, 8, 9, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41. Both hands. This is unbetter, better, but this is at least 80% better. 42, 43. 44. Thank you, God. I, I, I don't know if I got everybody. It was about 44. There wasn't a prayer. Now, remain standing. Those of you who felt his presence, but you're not at least 80%, put one hand up. It's okay to pray. Pray. Prayer's legal. I want you all to agree with me. Put your hands toward, just toward somebody that's got their hand up. One hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless what you're doing. I bless what you've started. I pray you'd increase in Jesus' name. I speak to their bodies. Come in line with heaven's pattern. I command pain to leave. And I bless your presence in the name of Jesus. Show yourself strong, O oh God, in our midst today. Glorify, Holy Spirit, glorify the name of Jesus. For in Jesus' name, we speak healing. We thank you for your grace and power and healing anointing. Command pain to leave. Regenerative miracles. God, we pray and we call those things that are not as though they were. And we call some things that should not be as though they weren't. Tumors disappear in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Now check your body out again. If you weren't at least 80% while ago, but now you are, wave both hands over your head. Both hands over your head. Now you are, but you weren't while ago. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> that guy looks excited. Thank you, God. 
Thank you, Lord. Over here. Six. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Seven. Seven more. So, Jonathan, seven more. Thank you, God. Okay. Here's the last thing I think we're supposed to do before we just present Jesus to you. For if you're here and you're not a Christian, to see his healing power and continue in unbelief is worse than sexual sins, even homosexuality. Who said that? Not me. I'm quoting Jesus. He he said that the people of Capernaum, where he did most of his miracles that had persisted in unbelief, he said, it would be better for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for you because they had seen so much more. And you just had the opportunity to see the power of God. People healed in the name of Jesus, which points that he really is the Son of God, the Savior, the Messiah. So at the end, after this next thing, we're going to give the invitation. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. If you need to be healed, and you haven't been at this point, and you still need to be healed, I ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and give you something to do as an act of faith. I don't expect everybody's going to need to be healed, but I do believe that this is one of the ways that he heals. He just speaks to us softly. Do this. Whatever it is, that, that's, you know, that could be God. Doesn't have to make sense, but it could be God. You know it wouldn't be anything immoral. He wouldn't do that. But whatever it is, I'd like for you to do that. If you need to, if, it's the, if you can't lay down and you, have, you feel like I need to lay down, you know, I mean, one guy came and just bounced. I mean, we've seen some weird things. But they were trying to obey. In this next 30 seconds, whatever it is you think he asked you to do, I don't know if it's going to be just a few or a lot, I don't know. But I do feel like he quickened that to my memory, that he could speak and give you an impression If you're waiting to hear an audible voice, I'm still waiting. I've been preaching 53 years, 54. Try to do what he told you to do. God be it done according to our faith in the name of Jesus more Lord more Lord more God we bless him God in the name of Jesus you're the healer not me but we bless them in Jesus name
Thank you, God. All right, I know we're running out of time. I got a zero, 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 zero there. So check your body out. I don't know if anybody did anything because you could have. If you got healed by doing whatever he told you to do and you're at least 80% better, just by an act of obedience, would you wave both hands over your head? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, this is much better than what I thought. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Wow. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. 20. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 20. All right. Who has a problem on your left side, right where my hand's at? There's something wrong in your body there. If you have a problem right here, I, this is, I'm feeling your pain. I don't have any pain there. I'm feeling this pain right here. This is a word of knowledge. This means it is God's will to heal that in this service. So who, all of you who have that, just get ready and believe. Not only do you have the word to stand on, but you have a word from the Lord of what he wants to heal. This is it. Father, I pray for everyone that has this problem. I speak healing in Jesus' name. I know this is your will. And you said, if we know we're asking something that's according to your will, we know that we've you've heard that which we've requested and we see that which we ask. In Jesus' name, I speak healing. Healing in Jesus' name healing in Jesus name thank you God thank you Lord thank you God thank you Lord man pain to leave tumors disappear any impaired organ to be healed in the name of Jesus and father I pray if there's anybody here that's struggling with pain in the abdomen due to an incision that's caused lesions and uh, attaching to the uh, to the scar I just pray that those lesions would melt and that pain would leave in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus thank you God as you're standing um, as you're standing I just want to give this real quick invitation if you're here and you're not a Christian or you're backslidden I pray he'd draw you. You can't decide one day just to give your life to God. We would never do that. Our flesh is against the Spirit. He has to draw us by the Holy Spirit. Convict us. Give us that sense of guilt and need. Even give us, by grace before we receive grace for salvation, prevenient grace that says, I'm giving you the ability to trust me. I Right now, in my drawing, I'm giving you faith to believe that you could be forgiven. But what will you do with it? Accept his drawing. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare that Jesus Christ died for our sins. And for us sinners, he came. We thank you that we know him as Savior. But there may be people here, Lord, who do not know him as Savior. And we pray, Father, for the Holy Spirit to draw them. We pray that if there's people here that gave 
their lives to you, but now they've taken them back. They're here, but they're not walking in obedience that you would draw them. And we'd have people make renewed commitments and consecration in Jesus' name. If you'd like to pray with me to accept the Lord, to ask Him to forgive you, to come into your life, to add His power, His divine presence into your life, as becoming a believer, a follower of Jesus. Lift up your hand. Thank you, God. It's wonderful. He heals you. And now you want to give your life to him. Thank you, Jesus. All right, all, any others? Just lift your hand high. Say this with me. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for drawing me. Thank you. You just healed me. Now, I give you my life. I ask you to forgive my sin. In Jesus' name. I ask you to fill me with your presence. Give me power to walk in the light. Thank you for pulling me out of darkness into your marvelous light. I believe, Jesus, you died for me. Give me power of the Holy Spirit to now live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.